All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Nope Just Sports Podcast, episode nine, to be exact. Um, halfway to eighteen. And, halfway to eighteen. Um, it is me, Griffin, and or me, Griffin, and Palmer today. Um, just us two again. And we're doing this on a Sunday, another busy week where we've had to, you know, push off our normal schedule. But, you know, we're back at it, um, just trying to get out episodes for everybody. And um, we're going to still stick with that new format of going through a lot of topics, going fast. We've actually gotten um, some good feedback from a couple friends and family um, telling us, like, what we can improve on and how, you know, how good we've done, like, you know, this and that. So um, it's actually pretty cool. We're getting a decent amount of listeners. Um and yeah, I just think we're getting a lot better at it. So welcome back. Um, as always, we start off with the omissions lists, things, stories, people, topics that did not make this show. Uh, Palmer, what do you have for us today? Uh, today on the omissions list, I went to, let's see, yesterday, I went to the range. I was in Vegas with my family. I went to the driving range. I feel like I always mention golf on the omissions <laughs> But I, our lives, I, our lives are pretty simple. You know, our, I, mean? I love it. I really do. We have, love it. we have a simple life. We do have a simple life. And I just, I love golf so much. So anyways, I had been slicing so much with not just my driver, like for a little bit, I just, I just kept slicing the ball really bad. And so I posted a video on Facebook, um, just like in a little Facebook group that I, that I'm in. And I asked him what I need, like what some tips or whatever. And they told me to change my grip. That was like the most like consistent thing in there was like your grip's too weak or you're not gripping it right. And so I changed it. And out of about 10 balls that I hit with my driver over the weekend, I hit about, well, I only hit, I think one or two slices. So I was going to, so you were, you were slicing with the driver. Yeah. yeah. Mainly like sometimes every, every now and then like one out of like 20 or so I would slice with my iron or hook, you know, one of the two. It's a lot harder to slice with the iron. Oh yeah, like, for sure. They're a lot more forgiving. At it. Right, for sure. And so, uh, yeah, things are looking up. I'm excited to go this week. I'll probably end up golfing once or twice. No, not twice. I'll probably end up golfing once this week. And then this weekend I'm going on a camping trip, so I can't golf this weekend. Hey, that's sad. I actually, cool. wait, so real quick. Um, was it your grip like tightening or adjusting? So or both? like, um, my left hand, it was in more in the palm of my hand and it kind of needed for me, at least it needed to rest more in my fingertips right here where my, uh, is. and then yeah. I would grip, I would over like overlap everything, obviously do your, um, hook or whatever. So you can combine both your hands into one, but it just allowed me to get a stronger grip on it. So I wouldn't open my club face and slice the ball. That actually makes tons of sense. Cause a couple of weeks, like a week or two ago, like I went golfing with our buddy, you know, Brett, and then his friend, Mason Murphy, uh, he was there with us and he's actually really good. And I, I was like watching him golfing. Yeah. Like his grip was like a lot more finger focused, yeah. even driving like irons. It kind of made more sense, but driving, I figured you'd want it to be like, I guess, more secure in the palm and everything. Um, but yeah, he was like, just had the fingers there. So yeah, I was surprised too when I, Cause I watched, I like listened to their comments and then I also watched some videos on YouTube and stuff and all of them like showed, no, you need to have your, in more of the fingertips. And like, I hit it almost 300 yards on one of them with the roll. Wow. And stuff. Yeah. And that's, uh, that was yeah. with the range ball too. Yeah. Like, but those go that's a little, still little bit shorter, but like, yeah, I freaking, I slant, I destroyed one of them. 
I remember. It was perfectly yeah, that's, straight draw. It that's was so sick. nice. I'm yeah, so excited. I, yeah, no, I haven't been able to golf this week. I, I told you, Palmer, but I hurt my back Wednesday just lifting at the gym. Um, so I don't remember you week. telling me that, actually. but right. Really? I, I could have sworn I, you call it because it happened Wednesday. And when you called me, because. Um, oh, uh, yes, I do. Because Kylie's that. family, my wife's family went boating. Um, and right. I was just at home by myself. And yeah, you asked me why. It was because I was doing some RDLs, for those of you who know what that is. <laughs> and I was bending down with just 95 because I was just trying to get back into legs and everything. Romanian. Kind of take it slow. And literally, I was going. And yeah, I just like tweaked it. And Wednesday was the worst day by far. Like the day I did it, it just was like so stiff. Um, probably and each just day, pinched each a nerve. Day, Brandon said it was a muscle spasm, but um, mm. yeah, pinched, pinched nerve. I don't know. You but don't have much just, muscle in the back anyways, though. So I don't know. I don't know. The lower back, yo. Yeah. Like, I'm just you kidding. Have, like, oh, I meant I, I you specifically. Oh, so it was just a roast. Okay. Yeah. No, it's tr- obviously I don't with 95 pounds. I, I got hurt, so. I haven't been able to really golf because, you know, your back is really important. So I, it's been a little bit of time for me. Is it still sore? Um, yeah, it's definitely still sore. I can walk. Like Wednesday, I couldn't walk. It was like so Really? Bad. Yeah. Like it, it was like, oh I would my walk. Like, gosh. Yeah. So, but every day it's gotten better and I've, you know, taken medicine and stuff. Go to the but, chiropractor. Well, I mean, maybe. I just feel like I know what it was, but I could, like, if it continues to bother me, I would. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, we'll see. Like, like I said, it's getting better. Um, another thing for the omissions list, just real quick, uh, a positive uh, news piece. I guess a 22-year-old man <laughs> found a baby abandoned in a trash can in Haiti, oh, and wow. he decided to become uh, his father. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that's really sad. Yeah, but sad, happy. sweet. Yeah, exactly, happy. Um, but anyway, those are the things that did not, we kind of uh, went a little bit long, but those are the things that did not make the show. Um, we have a new kind of, I guess, if you want to call it segment before we, you know, dive into the, the meat and potatoes, the good topics, we have something called short sports where it's stuff related to sports, but it's just kind of like quick beginning of the show, not really discussion based, um, just kind of like facts that or news that have been happening quick uh, around sports. Quick hitters. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so NBA, uh, they started investigations into the James Harden deal um, for like tampering reasons. Um, as we know, he took a pay cut to sign on people like PJ Tucker and uh, Melton and Daniel House. So I guess there's just kind of an investigation with between that. Uh, fines, I guess, can go up to like a million bucks or something like that, or ten million. It was some some towards the organization or like the owner or um, I can't remember what I read in the article, but there there might be. It probably I don't is think it'll be that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, the Washington Commanders franchise sack leader Ryan Kerrigan retired. Um, DK Metcalf, kind of like a Bradley Beal situation. I mean, maybe he's not as good as Bradley Beal is in the NBA, but. A really good wide receiver, nonetheless. DK Metcalf signed a three-year, seventy-three million dollar deal extension Sheesh. with the Seahawks. Um, and I wrote on the outline, "LOL," because it was just kind of like we know the Seahawks are probably going to tank, and they're just not good. So he, you yeah. know, he kind of just he secured the bag. So good for him. Um, LeBron James Family Foundation his is going to appear on the NASCAR driver Chris Chris Buescher's car. So that's kind of cool. And then Bill Russell, the NBA legend, most championships ever won, old Celtics player, 
uh, passed away at 88. Good news is, though, his family said that he passed away peacefully. So, Legends, you know, out 11 to, championships. Yeah. yeah, hearts out to the family. Great guy, great player by all accounts. Um, so, yeah, pretty cool. And, yeah, now for the show. Uh, to start off, we have some best and worst case scenarios for each division uh, in the NFL coming up. Um, I'll go ahead and start us off real quick. So we have the AFC North. I think the worst case scenario would be the Bengals regress after having a Super Bowl uh, season when it was kind of a Cinderella season. Uh, the Ravens suffer even more injuries. We know last year um, Lamar played, was it six, seven games? Do you know the exact amount? I think it was six. Yeah, he played. It was it was less than ten. That's for sure. So yeah, and then that they team also was had the most injured team in the NFL by far. Exactly, and it, it definitely showed. Like it was it was hard for them to uh, perform well. So that would be worst case scenario, and they underachieve. Uh, Deshaun Watson for the Cleveland Browns does not come back at all, and the Browns um, just you know have a have a down year, and then the Steelers uh, don't reach five hundred, which I saw a thing with you know a coach like Mike Tomlin the Steelers have reached at least 500, like I can't remember like 13 seasons in a row, something like that, or even it was probably even higher, but so if they just don't, we know they won't be a playoff team, but if they don't reach 500, that'd definitely be a, a a worst case scenario. And then the best would be Bengals, you know, win the division and they become the team that everyone thinks they will. And Joe Burrow, you know, performs well for the Ravens. It's, they are healthy. Um, Lamar Jackson shows he deserves that, you know, the, the pay raise and he's just uh, continues to improve his game, which he has done and the Ravens do good. And the Bengals and the Ravens kind of fight for that first spot. Deshaun Watson comes back halfway through the season, you know, like or hate him. I think it'd be for football reasons. Like he's a, he's proven to be a good quarterback. So that'd be uh, good for the Browns. And then the Steelers, yeah, reach 500 and, and do well. What do you have for the AFC North Palmer? So I honestly like pretty much the same thing as you. But uh, for the worst case scenarios, Bengals regress. Their offensive line doesn't perform well. Uh, Burrow continues to get sacked and hopefully, hopefully not get injured. But I know getting hit a lot can cause injuries. For sure. As for the Browns, Deshaun gets suspended a whole year and they're in the dumps for sure. Ravens, no weapons and miss the playoffs because we know their receiving core is very, very mid. And I think it just depends on Lamar, how he's playing and stuff. If, if he doesn't play well, if his accuracy is down and he doesn't have anyone to throw it to, like I could see them missing the playoffs and the Steelers and their 500 streak where they have Mike Tomlin's first losing season. As for Best case scenario, I think the Bengals finally protect Joe Burrow and get a good <laughs> offensive line, which could lead them into contending for the AFC Championship or even a Super Bowl, as we saw last year. I think Deshaun, for the Browns, the best case scenario, Deshaun gets half a year and they get a wild, they can possibly get a wild card spot uh, if they're able to win. Like the, I just think the job of a, a backup quarterback is to win – is to be 500, you know, like, right. That's like their goal is to win 500. So if, if their backup quarterback can win half the games that he plays and Deshaun Watson comes back and he can win 75% of his games, I think they can compete for a wild card, a wild card spot. So other than that, there's not much you can do with the Browns being the Browns Steelers. Uh, they tank 
honestly, I think this would be like their best case scenario would be they tank for Bryce Young because, uh, you know, I just don't see their uh, Mitchell Trubisky carrying them through the AFC, the gauntlet of the AFC. And for the Ravens, Lamar wins playoff game or two. That I think would be like successful season for the Ravens because the AFC is so tough and there's just nowhere to go. Like there's everywhere you turn, there's no easy path anywhere to get to the Super Bowl in the, in the AFC. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, AFC South. My worst case scenario is that the Jaguars and the Texans continue to show no progress, especially with their young quarterbacks. <laughs> we know the Jags have Trevor Lawrence, and then the Texans have Davis Mills, who actually had this past season as a team. They weren't, you know, both teams weren't great, but they both showed promise at the quarterback position. And hopefully they can continue to show that. But if they, you know, perform bad, not just as the team, but as especially at the quarterback position, if they're not good, then that'd be worst case scenarios for both those teams that drafted them. Um, the t- Ryan Tannehill continues to struggle with the Titans and they either miss the playoffs because it is the AFC and it's a tough one or it's another, you know, no playoff win season and they just don't perform well. And then the Colts, I think it would just – my worst-case scenario would just be that they missed the playoffs too. Um, obviously, injuries is, you know, just kind of a given for any worst-case scenario, but I just think now that they got Matt Ryan and they have a good – they're probably the best running back in the league. Uh, Pittman as a wide receiver, you know, you just have a good solid team. If they don't get to the playoffs, that's just um, definitely the worst. And then as for the best, uh, Colts and Titans clash for the one spot. We know we love the competition in between division rivals. So both Colts and Titans do, you know, what they've been doing. And then Trevor, again, back to the young quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence and Davis Mills on the, on the Jaguars and the Texans show, continue to show promise and progress. And uh, cause we know they're not going to be good teams, but if they're just, you know, out there making plays and showing that they can be quarterbacks in this league, that's a win for both organizations. Yep. Uh, so for my best case, I'm going to do the best case first for this division. Okay. Uh, Colts win the division. That's the best case scenario, in my opinion, for the Colts, obviously. Henry continues to reign as the best running back in the league. Uh, arguably, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry. Uh, Davis right. Mills is a mediocre quarterback. I think we all know that that is a best case scenario for him. He's good. He's, you know, average, you know, mid, pretty good. And I think the best case would be the Jags win five plus games. I think that's like their top ceiling for sure. That would be that would be good for them. And then for the worst case scenario in the AFC South, uh, Matt Ryan is too old and proves that with his quarterback play this year. Henry Derrick Henry gets injured, which we've seen in the past. And you know, and Tannehill really needs that really good running game. Davis Mills flops and regresses, and the Jags overpay for everything, like we saw in this offseason with a signed some wide receivers that Christian were, Kirk Christian Kirk was that Christian Kirk a little money. expensive. He's a two for sure. A for sure two. And they paid him like a zero. So yeah. Um, for the AFC West, the best division in football. Uh, I'll do the best first for the best. Uh, my opinion, the chargers defense improves. 
with you know you additions love like, them chargers bro i do i i really do Gosh. but with defensive improvements like jc jackson and khalil mack hopefully he's not too you know washed hopefully he can be kind of like a von miller to the rams last season so their defense improves finally and they uh, do become one of the best teams in the league and they win the division raiders see huge upsides in adding Devonte adams to the roster and Carr can finally start um, throwing more touchdowns. He's good at yardage. He's good at completion percentage, you know, touchdown interception ratio. He's he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. But I think if you can get those touchdown numbers up, that'd be huge for the Raiders. Um, and then the Chiefs and Broncos fight for the wild card. I think that's the best just because the, the Chargers Chiefs. and Raiders. I, I forgot I, you have the Chiefs. Yeah, I have Chiefs third. Um, and then Broncos, I would just by default have fourth. But I think they both will be one of the still – one of the better teams in the league is just because their division's so stacked that I think if they're again having that competition and they're fighting for it, um, it'll be entertaining to see and it'll be a base case, a best case scenario for you know the fans. Uh, as for the worst, I say Wilson struggles with the Broncos and it is like a sure cut fourth seed in that division. Um, we have Chiefs miss Tyree Kill too much and Juju Smith Schuster just isn't you know enough to replace him. Uh, Chargers continue to lose tight games like they have the past, you know, Herbert's first two seasons. Uh, Carr doesn't throw touchdowns is my my thing because there were a lot of close games with the Raiders as well and where he would have 300-plus yards and, like, a touchdown. Um, so if he can get those numbers up with, you know, a new – the best weapon in the league with Devontae Adams, then, um, then yeah, that would be a bad-case scenario for, for the Raiders. Yeah, uh, for the AFC West, best case scenario, I think uh, this is not biased, but I am like a second Raiders fan because I am from Las Vegas, as we all are. So I think yes. the best case scenario now this I'm not saying that just because like that's my best case scenario, but I think the best case scenario for the division would be the Raiders win the division, uh, the Chiefs uh, compete for an AFC championship or try to get to the Super Bowl. I think that Patrick Mahomes obviously is one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the league, if not on any given day, the best quarterback in the league. Yeah. Chargers improve and Herbert becomes an MVP candidate, which you seem to agree with until the count's oh. over. And he then, is the favorite right now. And then the Broncos get a wild card spot. I think that's the best case scenario. I don't – I don't know how it's going to work out. Obviously, we've tried to do right. the math and stuff, but I don't see how four of them could make the playoffs. Right. Um, as for worst-case scenario, Raiders struggle with chemistry and new coach. Because of Josh McDaniel's history of coaching the Broncos, it was a complete tire fire, dumpster fire disaster. Um, that would be the worst-case scenario is if he is the spitting image of himself before. Chief, the Chiefs miss layups. Uh, with Tyreek Hill being gone, you just know, you know, like how Tyreek Hill would just, he would just get open on scrambles from Mahomes and then run for a touchdown. Like, yeah. I feel like the Chiefs relied on that so heavily on those layups of getting those first downs, those easy ones, and then getting layups of touchdowns, like where it just looks so easy for Tyreek Hill. And I think they're going to miss him a little bit. Uh, Chargers need more defense and rely, rely too reliant on Justin Herbert. And the Broncos need another year to up, obviously, Josh, or uh, obviously with the new coach and new quarterback system. So, right. Yeah. Like if, if they're not good this season, 
Like, it'd suck for the Broncos and for Russell Wilson, but I don't think – yeah, I think just a year to develop isn't, you know, that crazy. It's not crazy. Exactly. Um, as for the NFC, so we have the NFC North first, the best-case scenario for the Wait, Packers. We, we didn't set. do the AFC East. Did we super – oh, I probably did scroll right past it. My bad, yeah. So the AFC East. Um, so my best-case scenario for the AFC East is that the Pat, Patriots, the pa- Pats and the Dolphins – uh, have a chance to give Bills sort of a challenge in the division. Um, <laughs> That's the best case is they get a chance. <laughs> well, because Bills are – yeah, well, because you look at the division, everyone knows, like, Bills for sure should win that oh, uh, yeah. division. So it's like – but Pats, Patriots, and Dolphins are both good teams um, that the base case scenario would be for them to uh, compete for that one. Or I don't know about compete for the one spot, but at least give Bills – you know, kind of a scare in the division. And then for the Jets is that they just continue to slow show um, improvement as a whole. And Zach Wilson continues to improve as a young quarterback in his sophomore season. As for the worst, I think the worst case scenario would be for the Bills to completely run away with the conference. And there's really no competition at all. And then that the Patriots and the Dolphins both underwhelm. And then the Jets, uh, Zach Wilson performs poorly, uh, again i mean not again like he had great uh games and great throws last season considering being on the jets he's but pretty, if he's, he's talented yeah but if he, if he just under underperforms uh in his sophomore season that would be the worst case scenario for for jets fans for sure yeah so i think the best case scenario for the division obviously like you said worst case scenario uh obviously point of view i think the best case scenario for the afc east would be the bills win the super bowl just because, like, that's great for your division right. to win the Super Bowl. Definitely. Uh, Patriots survive, question mark, question mark, meaning, like, <laughs> about 500. Maybe one game ahead of 500 just because the AFC is so hard. Um, Tua improves his arm. I saw a video, I think, yesterday. Uh, Tua threw a 65-yard bomb to Tyree Kill or something like that. Right. So, um, that that's exciting. After we saw them put out a self-destroying – video of Tua underthrowing Tyree Kill. <laughs> um and then Russell or not sorry not Russell Wilson. Zach Wilson improves obviously. He gets better as a sophomore, throws less interceptions, is able to work a little bit more under pressure. Um yeah, and then for, as for the worst case scenario in that division, Josh Allen uh gets injured and then their season is they're just very dependent on Josh Allen, which I mean if you're that good, then obviously you're For sure. on that player. Um, Patriots get a losing season. Uh, I know it's – I know. Hear me out. It sounds crazy, right? No, I, but this is worst-case scenario. This, this is worst-case worst case scenario. scenario so. And I'm honestly kind of expecting them to kind of get have a losing season. So uh, Tua is then on the hot seat because last season – I mean, the entire regular season, they were talking about how they were going to get rid of Tua and sign – who knows who or whatever they were going to sign Tom Brady eventually, obviously this year, but, uh, and then Wilson becomes the most sacked quarterback in football. Mm, that's a good worst case scenario right there. Or good point. Not obviously not a good one, but, um, okay. Now to the NFC North, uh, best case scenario is that the Packers are still competitive and they can compete with the obvious second or first choice, the Vikings uh, for first in the division. And they can re- reclaim their throne as number one in the NFC North. 
Um, best for the Vikings would obviously be to take that number one spot and finally get out of the Packers' shadow. And then for the Lions, they get to six or seven wins. Um, so they You're become optimistic six... on them, huh? <laughs> just because um, they have improved this offseason. Dan Campbell is one of the like just the most liked and like respected coaches in the league, and yeah. and also they won't be worse than the Bears. And I didn't even actually write them down for anything for the best you case. You wrote that they'd be better than the Bears, dude. The Bears are bad. The Bears are really bad. They have I don't I don't think Justin Fields will perform well, and uh, they have one of the worst wide receiving cords. So for their best case scenario, I guess would be that they beat up the Lions and they're not last place in the division. Wow, um, that's look, some that's a pretty dude. You'll see. You, you got to go look up. I mean, I can even no. Look it up I right know here. the Lions have a good offense, but their defense is atrocious. Yeah, I mean they're we like like they're both bad. They're but, they're not their their offense is middle of the pack and their defense is absolutely garbage. So um, that's why I hear I'll I'll guess well, you do your best case scenario or did you already do that one? Did you no, do yeah, I'll worst? do my worst. Go your worst. Yeah, so yeah. the worst, I think the worst case scenario as a fan for me would be that Rodgers and the Packers beat out the Vikings and they yeah. become number one. It'd just be kind of like lame. Uh Lions don't improve at all. Um have another See, like they just don't get more wins than last year. And then for the Bears, Justin Fields underperforms. Um, poor guy doesn't really have weapons anyway, but it would be yeah, kind of bad. He's got for a him. lot on his plate. Exactly. It'd be a bad look. And he's only a so- like entering his sophomore season as well. So tough for him, but that's the worst case scenario. So, best case scenario for this division is the Vikings take stride and win the division. Uh, Rodgers has a good season. You know, we all we can always count on him in the regular season. Uh, bear, I think the Bears get better and beat the Packers once. I think that's their best case scenario, because I I think the Bears are better than the Lions. Like, come on, Griff. Like the Lions were almost winless this year. I know, but and then I put it's... for the Lions. I put they win four games. That's their best case scenario. <laughs> they win four. Um, worst case scenario, the new coach of the Vikings sucks. Uh, Rogers has no receiving core. Uh, Justin Fields gets has no protection and is either injured or fatigued because of that, the lack of protection that he has, and the Lions are winless. That is the worst case scenario. Which I don't think when was the last time there was a winless team? I think there was only once. Yeah, it, it they usually whatever team it is, it usually, they usually always squeak out a win somehow. I think they get one win. Usually it's like I remember teams are don't even need the last game. Yeah, like I remember Dolphins, like when we were younger. I remember the Colts before they got Andrew Luck. I think had like a one-win season, something like that. The Jags, but just looking, the Jags had a one-win season a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. So like just those Browns. typical teams. Yeah, Browns. Actually, I think Browns might have gone winless. I think the Browns um, are the winless team now that I think about it. Yeah, because I remember like even the next season they had like lost a couple of games as well. So it was like the longest losing streak, something like oh, that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but um. Just looking at the Bears and Lions last year, Bears were six and eleven, and the Lions were three and thirteen. Um, I could definitely see that honestly just being switched. Like really, yeah. Like I, I wow. really. So I'm glad this is in in a uh, recording because I cannot see that happening. No, like it's Jared Goof. Yeah, they just they just don't have anybody. The best Bears number one receiver is yeah Darnell Mooney, like. <laughs> Just I don't know. I and again they lost Allen Justin Robinson. Fields. Yeah, exactly. They lost Allen Robinson. I don't think Justin Fields will um 
be anything great just because he's on a bad team. So we'll see. Uh, now for the NFC East. Uh, hey. Best case scenario, more competition. Cowboys and Eagles compete for the one spot, the two best teams in the division. Uh, commanders perform well and maybe get, yeah, get into a wild card spot. And then Giants, I also didn't write them down for a best case scenario. Uh, no one no one has any high expectations for them oh my um, gosh that's i would up. say that's just the classic get more wins you know one or two more wins than last year uh worst case scenario eagles choke by getting not second but third behind cowboys and commanders because of their how good their roster is and they just got to the playoffs last season so if they got somehow got third that'd be the worst case scenario and they might even miss the playoffs with that uh, Carson Wentz, injury-prone guy. He's proven to be in the past. <clears throat> Wentz gets injured for the Commanders, so he goes down. I mean, Heineke is a good backup to have. Yeah. So it wouldn't be the worst thing, or I guess this, like you know, that takes it away. But um, for Wentz, I think it would be. And then for the Cowboys, they miss Amari Cooper um, quite a bit. You know, Dak misses that extra weapon. Um, and then the Giants. Worst case scenario is just that they. Um, Daniel Jones, Danny um, Dimes, yeah, loses his job because he just just doesn't perform again. See, you have that as the worst case scenario for the Giants, but I have it as the best case scenario for the Giants. Oh, I so like yeah, I see that. I see that. So I think so for the best case scenario for my Cowboys, they win one or two playoff games because I think they'll win the division and NFC is weaker. So I could see them winning one, maybe two depending on who they play. Um, Jalen Hurts uh, improves. Not best quarterback in his vision, but he improves to be the second best. Commanders have a new owner. The owner is forced to resign. That's the best case scenario for the whole NFL league. <laughs> and the Giants cut Danny Dimes is the best case scenario for the Giants. Yeah, um, I didn't even... As for... As for worst case scenario, the Cowboys struggle, miss Amari Cooper a lot. I actually saw that they're having struggle. They're struggling to get a deal with Dalton Schultz, I think, a little bit. Which yes, was, I, I saw that too. Which is like huge for, for Dak Prescott. He loved going to Dalton Schultz on third down. Yeah. Uh, Hertz plays out of his mind and does throws a lot of picks. Just kind of indecisive, as we saw in the past a little bit. Commanders have locker room issues because everywhere that Carson Wentz has gone has had a locker room issue. And the Giants are the Giants is the worst case scenario. Yeah. Poor guys. Um, NFC South. Uh, best case scenario is Falcons tank and get the number one pick um, and get either Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Uh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield does better than he he did in Cleveland on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he actually becomes a, a better quarterback, and and they do pretty well. Uh, Saints get wild card, I think, is their best case scenario with Jameis Winston. And then the Buccaneers go thirteen and four for another season in a row, and um, are serious Super Bowl contenders. As for the worst case scenario, Tom Brady finally, you know, just from science finally declines at the quarterback position and isn't good anymore, but he has just yet to show that will ever happen. But this is again, worst case scenario. So his age finally catches up to him and he doesn't perform well. 
Uh, more injury problems for Jameis Winston and the Saints. He becomes injured and isn't their quarterback. Uh, Baker Mayfield just is mid as again, like he was in Cleveland and brings problems to the organization and they don't perform well. And then worst case scenarios is Falcons do well enough where they don't get the number, at least the top three pick That's and they miss out for another team. Yeah. Here. And then they miss out on, on a good Sweet uh, college player. Yes. So for the NFC South, I got Brady wins the Super Bowl. Obviously, best case scenario because like me, well, I'm not a very I don't think that they're necessarily the favorite. We'll talk about that later. That's another topic on the show today. If they're the favorite in the NFC, I just but that is the best case scenario. He wins Super Bowl number eight. Is that eight? Yeah. Super Bowl number eight. Uh Jameis Winston gets better, uh, throws less interceptions, more touchdowns. Right. Falcons flop. That's the best case scenario. They flop and get a good quarterback, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. And Panthers are a good mid quarterback show to watch. <laughs> and then as for worst case scenario, Brady loses in the playoffs or misses and retires. Saints are trash because they don't have they have a new coach who was no one really knows a lot about. I people know about him. He just not it, it's not Sean Payton. Right, and exactly. Baker gets cut, and Falcons oh. obviously um, do better than they should, and don't get a good <laughs> college quarterback. Or even with that worst case scenario, or even maybe not cut, that would be that would be or awful. Benched. But yeah, I was gonna say he just loses that um, battle with Sam Darnold. Bro, I can't even have. imagine having him as a backup quarterback. That like. He does not have the personality of a backup quarterback. Oh, no. It would cause problems for sure. It would cause major issues. In but if he got benched too, like that would – I would actually be – it would be entertaining to watch. Oh, not very entertaining. Lie. Extremely entertaining. But, yeah, that, that would be worst-case scenario for sure. Uh, for the NFC West, uh, best-case scenario, the Rams are best in the division again and also Super Bowl contenders. Um, the Cardinals – um, were really high last, you know, people had them really high last year because they had started out like eight and one or whatever it was, just like the best team in football um, for record wise for a long time. Uh, obviously lost their first game, didn't win a playoff game. They lost against the Rams, but they still are a contender and are second place in the division. Uh, Trey Lance shows huge promise for the 49ers and they win games and he performs well. And then the Seahawks are in the same boat as the Falcons. Um, they try and get a top – the number one draft pick would be the best, but if not that, at least a top three pick. And they just do their best with Drew Locke. Um, or even a best-case scenario for their offseason would be maybe signing Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I saw that was a place for him that he could go. We're, we'll talk about Jimmy G here in a second. And then worst-case scenarios is that Kyler and Arizona have problems. We saw their homework – the homework clause that actually got removed. So Kyler was very uh, offended and just kind of like – like it was a joke. Um, so hopefully there's not problems between him and Is the front joke, office. Though? Yeah, I, I have no idea. Like it, that'd just be the worst. Is that they just they just crumble because of it. Uh Trey Lance, they're investing the Niners are investing so much in him. It would be the worst of that he just sucks and doesn't perform well. And you know, they don't have Jimmy Garoppolo if he does end up on another team to fall back on. And then the Rams have the Super Bowl curse and um, I can't imagine they don't make the playoffs, but they don't win a playoff game. Like they lose their first one or they just get bumped out um, 
regardless and just, you know, have that curse of, of not being able to perform well the year after winning it. So pretty good. I, uh, I have a lot of, uh, we agree on a lot of these actually Stafford and Cooper cup have a huge year. This is the best case scenario. Have a really big year again. Uh, Kyler is an MVP candidate and a playoff contender because I think he can, he could be a playoff contender. And I think he has, I think last year he was a MVP candidate for a while. Yeah. Um, Larry, or, um, sorry, I almost said Larry Nance, <laughs> Trey, Trey Lance, Trey Lance, um, <laughs> Trey Lance uh, is above 500. So I think he went, that'd be the best case scenario. I think because he is younger, doesn't have a lot of experience as a starting quarterback that he, I think winning above 500 games and have a winning season. I think that would be a good, a good scenario for the 49ers. And he shows promise and the Seahawks signed Jimmy Garoppolo, but still end up flopping because they have only one receiver, an old coach, an old system and a bad defense. Oof, gosh, the Seahawks. Yeah. They're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, but as, yeah, those are oh, oh, I sorry, sorry, my yeah. worst case. Yeah. That's my bad, my bad. Back it up, bro. And then I got <laughs> uh, Rams get boinked in the first round in a playoff upset. Kyler can't last physically because of his size and his mentality, honestly. Uh, Larry Nance, it, I did it again. Trey Lance. <laughs> Trey Lance. <laughs> Trey Lance is too inaccurate and can't keep up with the big boys in the division namely Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford and Seahawks tank, but still don't get a good pick. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, we pretty much agreed on a lot of those, but those were our best and worst case scenarios for each division and each team in those divisions. Um, yeah. We're ex- really excited for the NFL season. Oh, I'm so uh, excited. Yeah. So to keep I... it going with Jimmy, what were you going to say? What were you going to say? I'm just like, I'm hoping my Cowboys prove everyone wrong, but I am, I'm a little more – I was way more optimistic last year about the Cowboys than I am this year. So maybe that's good, and that yeah. works in their favor because usually everyone's way too optimistic. On it's, yeah, usually it's reverse. Um, but, yeah, so Jimmy Garoppolo, um, landing spots for him. So he has not signed because he is, you know, too expensive, quote, um, for the Niners to re-sign him, and especially if he's just going to be a backup. Um, so there are three teams like that are just, you know, the worst teams right now, or like one of the worst teams, the Seahawks, the Falcons, and even the Texans. I saw were a couple landing spots. Um, what other teams, if any, um, that haven't been named yet, what other teams would you want to see him on? Or you could see, you know, him being very useful. I would love to see him on the Steelers, you know, because the Steelers, this is what Jimmy Garoppolo is a very He's a decent quarterback, okay? He's not horrible. I think he was sixth in completion percentage this last year, which is pretty good. Yeah, when good. he's healthy, when he's healthy, he's good. Yeah, when like, he's healthy, he's... he's good. And actually, he hasn't missed that many games. Uh, people seem to overinflate his quote-unquote injury history or injury prone. He has been healthier for the most part. But I think he just needs a good defense, a good coach, and a good run game, and he can thrive. And what do the Steelers have? They have a great coach. Uh, they have an, a very, very good defense, probably one of the best in the league. And I don't know about their run game. You know, it could be iffy, but I think 
under Mike Tomlin and that defense, he could thrive and he could kind of not hide, but he could perform well enough to be above 500. Wow. That is, yeah, I did not think of the Steelers and that is actually such a good fit. I think oh, it's a perfect fit. Like with Mike Tomlin too, like, oh, and man. you just hear all the time that Jimmy Garoppolo is just a good locker room guy. Oh, Even yeah. if he's not the best quarterback, he's just a good guy to have as your teammate. That would be that would be great. And they still have guys like Najee Harris, mm-hmm. you know, TJ Watt on defense. Like, yeah, like no, I their think defense, that'd be their awesome defense is fast and they are elite. That defense yeah. is very good. Yeah, I didn't even think that. That's good. Um, so bef- besides the teams, you know, aforementioned, one team, this is kind of just like I was trying to have fun with this, like just who would I would want to see him on. I was gonna say the Philadelphia Eagles. Actually, really, I was yeah, I was gonna say the Eagles just because their roster outside of the quarterback, you know, with Jalen Hurts, just like doubts because he is still young and um, and he's just you know shown some promise, but people kind of doubt him. Um, I am one of those people, I think Garoppolo with that kind of like stacked team because he's a veteran now, 30 years, um, he's just proven to be a winning quarterback in the league. I think the Eagles would be a fun team to watch him on. It is in the weaker NFC, so I feel like it'd be more of a um, guarantee, I guess, or just a higher probability that he makes the playoffs with them. And I just think he he's better than Jalen Hurts, and he'd make him a lot better. You think he's better but, than Jalen Hurts, huh? Yeah, I I would rather if we're playing, you know, pick your poison. We got to do pick your poison with NFL people. That'd be or players. That'd be. We sick. haven't even done that yet. But um, I know I I know I got to do it. We'll probably we'll do it this week. Okay. But um, if I had to do a pick your poison, I would I would choose Jimmy Garoppolo. Would you choose Jalen Hurts? Are we talking about like right now or like kind of like yeah like in the next five years? Pick your poison right now, like. Um... Okay, I'd pick Jalen Hurts on the Eagles, but then I'd pick Jimmy Garoppolo on like the 49ers on their respective teams. Okay, well, take out teams like use you as like again with like you're a GM. <sighs> Or you're, I think you're I would a have coach. to take you're a... just because of versatility. I think I would take uh, Jalen Hurts, honestly. Okay, interesting, but yeah, um, because he's so dynamic. Yeah, again, he has a lot of promise to be um, a Lamar Jackson esque player. It's maybe yeah. not as electrifying, of course, but um, but yeah. So I thought two fun teams right there, fun scenarios. The Steelers, I definitely that you won me over with that one for sure. I, I'm actually rooting for that one now. Yeah, that's the best one, I think. Um, next topic, the Nets sabotaging Kevin Durant to keep him, question mark. He has still not been picked up, and, you know, they have just ridiculous asking prices for him. Most recent team, or the closest team from the outside looking in, is the Boston Celtics, and they did decline a Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a couple picks deal for Kevin Durant. Um, you know, if the, everyone want, should want Kevin Durant on their team especially the Nets, you know, the team he's trying to leave. So they would probably, you know, they want him to stay. So do you think they're sabotaging him? Oh, absolutely they are. They have leverage in this situation. He still has four years left on that contract. And the Nets, they don't care waiting. They don't mind. They got nothing to lose. They can they can just keep waiting, dangle that, that above anyone else's, any other organization's head. You know, Kevin Durant being one of the best players in the league, obviously they're going to ask, they're going to get what they ask for him because I think right. a desperate team will eventually come a knocking. Exactly. Um, and because of the way that 
Kevin Durant is wired of him being kind of a Baylor, not a buy-in kind of guy. There's not a lot of teams out there that are win now versus chemistry. If you look at the teams that like were really good in the playoffs or in the, even in the regular season, the Celtics, the Warriors, the Heat, the Suns, like these teams, they have been built around chemistry. And Kevin right. Durant really <clears throat> isn't kind of like, – they don't want to bring him in and risk him causing – risk the the factor of him just destroying your locker room or just causing everyone to kind of like the the flow flow of of things and i think because those best top teams have great of chemistry they're not going to come and knock him for him and so i think the the nets are definitely just waiting there's no need there's no rush there's no need to sell right away yeah why wait when we can wait and get the best bang for our buck Exactly. And I think they just won for at least one more year because um, it's pretty much confirmed now that Kyrie is going to come back. Yeah. Um, you do have Ben Simmons. So I think the Nets do just want to give it one more go. And because he was the one, KD was the one to request a trade, you know, technically they're not doing him dirty. Like they're, they're trying, you know, air what quotes well. there. Like, like they're, they're, Hey, Kevin, like we, we tried to sell There's you. There's just no market for you. you. It's bleak. So then it's like, yeah, they're for. I think they're for sure sabotaging him. And then like, as an organization, as a front, you know, front office or GM, I don't. Th- I think I would do the same thing. Like, I don't want to get rid of KD unless it was for something, you know, you know, a bang for my buck. So, totally understand. But keeping on with that, next topic, uh, did the Rudy Gobert deal with the Timberwolves ruin free agency for this season and then even for off seasons to come? Uh, I think for this season, yes. Maybe not for off seasons to come because. I think it's kind of it's going to be like a um a what's the word where like a story that whatever anyways I think it's just going to be kind of like a, a a sign in the future like yo like look what happened to the the Timberwolves if they don't win this season or win in the next two or three seasons I think like look what happens when you give up too much for a player X player or whatever because the asking prices are going to be way too high and people are not going to be willing to overpay for that in the future. They're going to see what happened to the Timberwolves if they don't win it. Now, if they do win it, then I think, um, or like are viable in the playoffs in the future, I think that they will, the market will, it'll still go down a little bit just because teams aren't as going to be as desperate in like a win now situation. But at the end of the day, it's still a business. You got to buy low and sell high in all aspects of it of the NBA. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Like I was thinking for this season, yes it did because you know, people saw Gobert go for five picks and then obviously Ten those players, other bro. yeah, obviously those other players in the deal, but it's like he's never even been an MVP candidate. Like he's been defensive player of the year, you know, all NBA defense, you know, the anchor of a good Jazz team over the past couple seasons, but still like was he's he not an MVP. anchor though. Like Donovan Mitchell I think was better. Well, on defense, Donovan Mitchell oh, was not yeah, the anchor. For sure. Okay. But um You guys can come in. Yeah. I'm saying we're just in the podcast, but wait, I can edit this out. <laughs> Hi Dill. How are you? You're looking good as ever. I appreciate it, man. So are you? Doing good. You guys just go shooting? Just get done. Yeah, we uh we were camping all weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah. The yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is a ton of fun. Wish you could have come, man. I know. I know. Trust me. I, podcast, I It's going good. good man. But yeah, I, I was sad I missed it. Yeah, next time. Yeah. Are you guys, are you just, are you staying for the day? Are you gone? No, I'm, I'm 
Okay, well, it was good to see you. Okay. Okay, 100%. Sorry, No problem. Gosh. Ugh. Anyway. Being popular. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I was saying, let's see, Gobert. Oh, this will be a pain in the ass to edit. Um, let's see, Gobert. Asking oh, prices yeah, just, way too high. Yeah, that's like, okay, so he's never even been an MVP candidate. Um, and yet he got that. So like for people like Kevin Durant or even Donovan Mitchell, who also hasn't been MVP candidate, but just like, you know, pr- productivity wise, you can look at it and it can be like kind of an argument, like who produces more. Obviously those jazz fans are like looking at all those advanced stats, like, Oh, Gobert's you know, one of the best players of all time. Like when it comes to efficiency, you know, all that crap, but it's like, Oh, like because of this deal that the Timberwolves did with him, it's like, for sure teams are going to be like, okay, if Go- Gobert was worth that, then X player's worth that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think um, because he is like kind of – we like to hate on Rudy Gobert a lot and Jazz. So, like, I, I'm just going to call him mid in this situation. But because, like, compared to other superstars, like for Kevin Durant. Right. That's probably why the Nets are asking so much. But if you look, like, just recently in NFL and NBA, the asking prices for everything, we saw Tyreek Hill go for a crazy amount. But uh, Randy Moss went for one – fifth round pick when he got traded right one fifth round pick are you kidding me the dolphins traded five first round picks the they obviously gave up 10 players for rudy gobert like that is insane and like yeah i think we are kind of in like a little bubble of of how like um like we see in like a housing market obviously like there was a housing bubble but i think in wide receiver and in nba players like stars that kind of bubble that we're in where they're overpaying for so many players. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. I always thought like, what would Ben Simmons go for right now? Just like, I always think of those scenarios just because players that are so mid are getting way too high of asking prices. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely been interesting for this free agency, uh, this off season. We'll see what it does for, you know, off seasons to come. But I think it was definitely kind of like an eye opening thing that like, wow, there are players in this league that you can say are worth, you know, it depends on your point of view as the GM and stuff, but that are worth, you know, oh, a ridiculous geez. deal. <laughs> um, who will give in first the trader or the tradee? Um, this is like kind of dealing with the jazz. Um, they've still been kind of shopping Mitchell and there are a few teams still out there that are a viable option for him to go to, but because the asking price being so high, um, does another team bite, you know, bite the bullet and get rid of a huge haul for Donovan Mitchell? Or does the Jazz give up first and just, you know, take a, a lesser deal than what their asking price was just to get, get rid of Mitchell? You know, like, what do you think? If, uh, if that think, makes sense. Yeah, it does. I think the trader will give in first. So the Jazz will give in first because the price is just way too high for Donovan Mitchell. And I don't think teams are willing to pay that. Um, I could see Donovan Mitchell being traded before the all-star break though. And before the trade deadline, just because I don't know, I feel like the price will drop a little bit more, uh, because like his team won't be as good. So like, he won't look as valuable of an asset Uh as he is right now. He's probably priced way too high right now because his team was really good and he looked like a good player on a solid team. So I think when his team isn't as good this season, his price will drop. And I think that the Jazz will just have to give in or keep him, one of the two. There's no need for that amount of draft picks on the Jazz as well because they just got five for Gobert. And so they'll get one or two 
and then a player or two for Donovan Mitchell. But the the asking price he wanted was how many was it like seven picks or something like that? Yeah, I think I think it was six or seven because Gobert went for five picks. So yeah, it's just insane. Yeah, so it's just trading a lot of your honestly your future. <laughs> Good luck, um, like just no for him. Way. So. And even looking at the teams that are still in the race, like I've seen the Heat, the Hornets, the Hawks, the Knicks, uh, the Raptors I saw as well. And a lot of them, um, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about these pack, you know, possible package deals with them. And there were a couple teams that had like really good lineups, like the Raptors. Um, I think it was something like OG Anunoby and Gary Trent. And then like two picks for Donovan Mitchell. And it was like, oh, Fred Van Vliet, um, Scotty Barnes, rookie of the year. Uh, Siakam, Donovan Mitchell, and then they find a big man like Hassan Whiteside, who's still a free agent. Like, oh, like that Raptors team is actually pretty decent. That's a decent team. And like, there was another example too with the Hornets, like that, like had like a you know a kind of like a head turning uh, starting lineup with Mitchell on the team. But again, I do think in this question for the topic, I would say the Jazz um, lower expectations first before another team um, just gives them what they want, um, especially if a team really does want Donovan Mitchell, then they will, you know, try and hold out as long as they can to not give up too much of their future. Um, will Jalen Brown leave after next season? And should he be offended or flattered for being a center in the Kevin Durant trade? Uh, yes, I think he will leave if the season ends with no championship. If, it, if they win a championship, then I think he'll stay because he'll buy in more and he'll like, he knows like, Oh, like I can do it with this team, you know? Right. Uh, I think because he is young, he can kind of test the waters of free agency or test the waters of signing a new contract somewhere else. That'll give him more money and someone will overpay for him. You know how it is. The Knicks, right? You know, there's a couple teams that'll definitely overpay for him. The Suns, I could see um, wanting because they're in more of a win now situation. So that's, I put a list of teams. I put this is just like half of them because I'm sure a lot of teams out there will want a three and D kind of guy that he shot. He averaged 24 points, six rebounds and three assists on 36% shooting from three point line. That's pretty good numbers for a three and D kind of guy. Um, but I put the Suns, the Cavs, the Hornets, the Wizards, the Pelicans, the Rockets. Those are just a couple teams that I'm sure would absolutely love to have him. And I think that would overpay for him. The Wizards are notorious for overpaying. The Rockets definitely are notorious for overpaying for John Wall. The Pelicans just signed some teams and I'm or some players that I think would be willing to trade away soon. Um, the Suns are in a win now situation as well as the Cavs need another guy that can shoot and can play good defense. So I think this the Cavs are a good team, good fit for him. But this is all future hypothetical. He's a get a bucket, get a stop kind of guy and very valuable for certain teams. Yeah, that's why I don't I don't think I agree with your overpaying thing because what Griffin. since he's been okay arguably the best robin in the league arguably number two they have made the eastern conference arguably. finals more times than they've missed the playoffs since he's been on the celtics and three if he were to leave next season he'll have another season and they're gonna do well like as a team um like he will have another season to just prove his stock prove his worth He's like just entering his like actual prime. Um, so if he does want to leave and he has another good year, which he should, I don't think it'd be overpaying at all for a team like the Suns or um, I don't know, the Cavaliers. Cause if, if he is like in his perfect, but for the role, Rockets, you know, they're going to overpay for him. 
Yeah, I mean, if they're it's not, a team like that, paying, where, they're not paying anyone else. That's why. Yeah, exactly. It'd be, I guess, because if he's going to a team like that, where he would automatically be the one, I don't think he's a number one guy. There I don't we think. Go. Okay, I don't that's think, good. They're going to pay him. They, they're going to pay him like a one. Yeah, exactly. Only some teams. If we're talking about an already, you know, playoff contending team like the Raptors or the Cavaliers, they want a Robin. They want a two guy who is. Honestly, not that far off from being a one guy. I just think his personality, the way he plays, he just is. Like, I think on the Celtics right now, there's no better team in the league he could be on. Um, I think the gap between him and Tatum isn't as big as, like, the media makes it out to be. But I do think he is the number two. Um, I hope he doesn't leave. I, like, really, really you hope like he doesn't leave. like him more than Tatum? Oh, uh, yeah. Low-key. Definitely. <laughs> like, on the lowest or on, the like, the mid? Uh, mid t- mid key. Yeah, you're mid right. Key. Not Lois. Like I'll, I'll be, um, I do love Jason Tatum though, but I just love our team. I love the Celtics team. And I think he is in the, in the perfect role. Um, but I think if he has another good season and he does want to leave, um, and he goes to a playoff team, then he, he deserves to get paid. Uh, if he, if he's your number two. Um, and I do think he should be more offended than flattered. Um, yes. just because all the work that he's put in and how much he's given to Boston, to the organization, and I just, I mean, I hope it's just kind of like one of those things where it's like, oh, well, it's Kevin Durant. Like we were just interested. Like we just wanted to like, put your name out there. Even still, like that's like kind of nah, softening the blow. But if it was exist, me, bro. yeah. That but if it was, exist. yeah, if it was me, I still would be like, but bro, like. There's truth in I, all jokes. I was just, yeah, I was just the best player for us in the finals. Like I helped us get to the finals. Like I've, I've been here for, for five seasons now. Like, come on. So I think he's a bit more offended. Um, and I guess we kind of, you know, just already talked about this. The next question was, what is J- Jalen Brown's ceiling? I think we both agree that he's not a one, but he is a very good two, if not the best two. Um, and I couldn't find the video. I, I couldn't remember where I saw it, but my next question, the topic was, is Jason Tatum's affirmation enough to console Jalen Brown's feelings after he tweeted SMH the same day that the stories went out that, you know, Celtics put him in a trade package for, uh, Kevin Durant. So if you got, if you don't know Palmer, Jason Tatum basically said, uh, that's not my job. Like I'm not in the front office. He said, but I do love my, I love our team right now. And I love the players that we have. Do you think that's enough to, you know, help Brown's confidence in the team and, and his feelings? I don't think it is. I think he should be kind of offended. Not because like he was the centerpiece of a Kevin Durant trade. Like that's, that's awesome. Like you're, you're pretty dang good then. Like, yeah, that's proven that you're a good player, but I think he should be offended because the Nets were like, no, we want Marcus Smart as well. As in like, oh, I'm not good enough for me and two other players. What was it? Two picks and another player? Yeah, yeah another Derek rotation White. player. And Derek White's a good bench player. And they wanted Marcus Smart still. That's why I'd exactly. be like a little offended. It's a sabotage. Like, how did yeah, you not want me? Yeah, like that could be either the Nets sabotaging and saying no to every deal or them just actually genuinely not wanting to give up or, or them not wanting to take that deal unless Marcus Smart was in it. And that's why I'd be, I would be offended if I were Jalen Brown after all I've given to the organization stuff. But like you said, I think the ceiling is a number two on a championship team. And I don't think that it's going to be enough to console uh, his feelings toward the organization just because of that tweet was kind of telling like, come on guys. Like I, I just, I just took you to a championship. 
maybe not as your one, but like as a one and a half to two. Uh, yeah, he was like he's he's the one of the faces of the Celtics. Oh, for sure. And he carried the weight of scoring for most of the finals. Exactly. Like, there was only one. I, there might not even be one game where Tatum outscored him. Yeah. But yeah, so... I just think it's just too deep of a. Uh, like it, they were like all in, like the Celtics were kind of all in and they weren't the ones to decline it. That's another thing. Like the Celtics were, would have accepted it and they put the trade out there to begin with for Kevin Durant. So that's why I think I would be offended and I don't think it's going to be enough to console unless they win a championship. Yeah. Like I, I think it helps hearing, you know, your brother, like obviously the two best players on the team and everybody knows that. I think it helps a little bit just hearing and be like, you know, I don't want Kevin, like not necessarily I don't want Kevin Durant, but just like I love our team. So I hope that helps him a little bit. Um, I don't think it'll completely console him. And at the end of the day, I just really hope that the chip that he's going to have on his shoulder um, from this, I hope it's a good chip. And he's just like has the mentality where he goes out and he's like, okay, I just, I got to prove again that I am, you know, one of the better players in this league. And I am the, you know, best option for the Celtics, you know, to win a championship. But the thing um, is like a good chip, like, in a, like let's, let's put this in terms of like a divorce. Like if a couple is getting divorced, if they end up like, obviously they go their separate ways and they kind of, sh- they see who flourishes and that's a, not a good chip. Like you're not trying to like co- constantly beat out your ex, but if you have a chip on your shoulder, a good chip would be, Oh, I'm going to do better. And I'm not with them anymore. But in this case, they're still together. So there's an awkward situation. You don't want to have a good, a chip on your shoulder at all. You kind of just want to forget about what happened. So I think a chip on his shoulder would be kind of bad. Not that he would ever tank or be bad for his team, but just like the chemistry would be off. I feel like he wouldn't listen to the organization as much. And that's just, that's just not Jalen Brown. Like that's just not, that's not his. I mean, you saw his tweet though. You saw his tweet. Yeah. But that's like, that's not as bad. Like, as like other tweets that we've seen and I couldn't see him like genuinely fighting with the front office. No, no, not fighting. Like, just, just kind of being like not as bought in or just kind of that, like get his own. But I think he, I think he's better than that. At least I hope he is. Maybe I'm just glass half full Celtics fan, but like, I hope he's better than just being like, Oh, well then I'm not going to try. Like, no, no, he would, like I said, he would definitely try and he's not going to purposely do bad, but I just think that he might not be as bought in or work as hard at practice or stuff like that, just because he knows like, oh, my team's willing to get rid of me. So why should I even try? Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm just hoping that there's some behind the scenes stuff where Brad Stevens is reaching out to him is just like, Hey, you know, be honest. And like, Hey, we wanted to just, you know, try out, like see what we could get type thing. Um, But we do, it just, it sounds bad no matter which way you say it. Like, I don't know. I hope it's just mended in some way. Like he is not invaluable to the Celtics. Yeah, obviously. I just, I just hope that. Yeah, we'll see. Um, next up, Draymond Green. Is he worth a max deal? He wants a max from the Golden State Warriors. Um, doesn't look like they are willing to give it to him. Um, is he worth it? Uh, Draymond Green is only worth a max on the Warriors. That is the only place he is worth a max because he is invaluable to that franchise. He does the dirty work. He's the Dennis Rodman without with offense. Uh, he's invaluable to the Warriors because he's a protector. He's a dirty work kind of guy. He gets rebounds. He does the defense. He's very good. We obviously know like 
his defense is elite. And I know you kind of disagree with that in the finals. You thought he was very meh, which he, he didn't have his best finals. But over in his career, he is a plus 241. Mm -hmm. And in the finals in his career, he is a plus 140, averaging 12 points, nine rebounds, and six assists. Yeah, realistically. Exactly kind of person that Steph Curry needs, that the Warriors need, and what Klay Thompson needs. And I think it's the kind of player that's worth the max. Like, I think I agree with you. I think I don't know how valuable he would be, especially now that he is older and he, like, like people have already like made memes about it. I've like seen it on like TikTok and YouTube and stuff like his gray hair. Um, that not, I mean that, but also just like how he doesn't even look to shoot. Like not it's never all. been his style to look to shoot, but it's like, he really doesn't look to shoot anymore. So I don't think on any other team, I don't know what his value would be. And I don't think, and whatever that is, I don't think it would be worth a max, but I think on the warriors, he is again, like, They've won four championships with him, like, and he has proven to be a pivotal. He is invaluable part in to that. that franchise, and I think, I think, I they're also one of the biggest markets. Like, they have tons of money. Like, if it doesn't like put you into like legal issues with like the luxury tax or like huge debt, then I would for sure pay him the max. And, um, I think it's kind of weird that they're kind of hesitating on that. But I also, do you think he moves? This is kind of another question. Do you think he moves anywhere else? No. Like if he doesn't have, like if he doesn't get the max, is he like be like, fine, I'm gonna go try and find it somewhere else, or he just like, because he loves being on the Warriors. He, he loves, loves Curry. the city. He, he loves, loves Clay. He, he loves Kerr. Everything about it. So like, would so you? That's your like, because I I think my answer is also no. I don't think he'd even go anywhere. No, he wouldn't go anywhere. I think he would either retire or take a lot less or take a different role in the Warriors. Right. Um, because he just loves the city too much. He loves the coach. He loves Steve Kerr. Like he loves everything. Oh, he loves sure. all the assistant coaches. He loves that organization and they love him. Yeah. So I think it's weird that they're not paying him and he deserves it. Um, does Julio Jones make the Buccaneers favorites in the NFC? This is like the hardest decision that you can put me on, Griff. Come on now. Like this is <laughs> this is so hard. I Very hard. love Tom Brady. He's obviously the GOAT. But like the Bucks, like with they've lost a lot this this offseason. They have lost a lot. Obviously, they lost Gronkowski, Tom Brady's favorite t- receiver, honestly. Uh, they've lost three offensive linemen, which is a very big deal for Tom Brady because Tom Brady does not like pressure. No yeah, quarterback likes too- pressure, but he's just too old. He's not as agile. He's not as, as athletic anymore. Exactly. Pressure like that. He's a pocket kind of guy. And he wants a focused team, and he has no safety blanket with Gronk. He wants a really focused team. Now, with Julio Jones, he does get a nice target. Uh, he's more of a deep threat, though, in my opinion, than a slot receiver kind of guy. And it seems like they kind of have three deep receivers I mean, well, Godwin, Godwin, Godwin's, Godwin's really. more of a slot, obviously, but he's not like a true death by a thousand cuts kind of guy, you know, like slants, quick throws over the middle, um, jet sweeps, like stuff like that. Yeah. He's not that kind of receiver, which Tom Brady really likes to have is like those short, quick passes that get him first downs and drive the field because he is aging and stuff. So I don't see them as a favorite, but I definitely see them as a contender in the NFC. But I wonder Godwin's very versatile and I actually just a little side tangent. I do. We do have a Nope Just Sports TikTok and I have been making a few of them these past couple of days. And one of them has to do with Julio Jones. 
Uh, I made the comparison to when Randy Moss signed with Tom Brady and the Patriots back in 07 and how good he did and how when he was on the Raiders, he was considered washed and everything. And, and he came back and was the best but receiver that was in the league. Set Tom a record. Brady too. I, yeah, but Brady just led the league in yards and touchdowns. So age is but a number for him. <laughs> um, so with Julio Jones, I do think, yes, he is more of a deep threat, but I think Godwin could be more like versatile enough to maybe slide over. Because another thing I thought about was when they had Antonio Brown and how good their offense was as a whole when he, you know, was on the field. But he is more of like a, you know, he can be a deep threat, Antonio Brown, but he really was more of a slot. So I wonder if Godwin can kind of like adjust and become like an Amendola. Or That's what, it's exactly who I was thinking for, of was Amendola. Exactly. So because then or if you West like if, if, if he can shift over there, you put Julio, who's only 33. And he's definitely bought in. That's why he, you know, chose the Buccaneers and chose Tom Brady because he wants that ring. So he's definitely like all bought in. If we slide him over and you have Evans and, and Julio as like the, you know, the more deeper threats, the, um, you know, the more like complex route runners guys, but then you have Godwin who can uh, slant and do those um, cutbacks and whatever, then I think, I think they are my favorite to win. Because um, it's really yeah, between for me. Yes, in my eyes, I think it's between the Rams and the Buccaneers in the NFC. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I think Julio puts them over there, uh, puts them over the, the Rams in my eyes again. Yeah. The offensive line took a huge hit. Um, but I think Julio, yeah, I think Julio will be, will be great. And I'm very, very happy with the move. Um, Zion Williamson. We know he signed an extension with the Pelicans, but news came out that they included a weight clause. We have another clause situation (laughs) in sports. Where I think it was like with true body fat percentage and muscle, he had to be no more than 295. Like he, wow. he can't go over 295. That's a big boy um, still. Yeah, well, he is a big boy. And that's why he's so good. I love it. I don't think it's as offensive as the homework clause for Kyler Murray in the NFL. I think it's completely <laughs> reasonable. Um, you might It might be insulting to him on a personal level. Um, just like, you know, body weight issues. But also like... It was like it's like if he's like the athlete that he is, where like he's like he holds himself accountable. He'll look himself in the mirror and he was like, "Okay, I'm over 300 pounds. Like this isn't gonna work." I think it's good. It gives him the incentive to stay on track of what he eats, his workout regimen, all those things. Because when Zion's healthy, as in weight wise, first of all, injury risk goes down, and also his explosiveness goes up which is like the bulk of his game. And that is what will bring him to be an MVP candidate in these next three seasons. Like I predicted um, a few episodes ago on the podcast. Um, So I love the idea of of the weight class. So I like this idea. Uh, Actually. um, I think it's Pat Riley. I'm pretty sure has a weight clause for the entire organization or for the the roster. Yes. uh He does. He does. So that's like, I just, it's smart to me. Because you see, like, obviously he's one of the best GMs ever. Like, Pat Riley is famous for having good teams put together very well, chemistry, everything like that. But it just goes to show, like, hey, you're not allowed to play here without this level of commitment. And I think they really like Zion a lot, and they want exactly. him to be healthy, and they want what's best for him, too. Yes, and this shows this shows that they are invested in him. And they oh, just yeah, want they're, him to they're 100% healthy. invested in him. And it's, it is a lot, uh, a lot different than the Kyler thing, in my opinion, because – Kyler's was more of like a love for football kind of thing. And like, yes, yeah, like, like you'll, you'll be, if you really love the sport of basketball, like you'll be in shape for the season and stuff. 
but at the same time, like he's a big guy, you know, like if yeah. he puts, if he goes to lift a little bit, he'll definitely be over 300 pounds. Right. So I think like it's for his own good. And it's just kind of like to keep him in check. They're invested in him and they want what's best for him. Yeah. And it's again, like I said, it's not as offensive. No, it's not, not the love. It's, it's not the love of basketball. Um, it's more just the love of food. <laughs> exactly. Um, last topic of the show. Can Luca win a title or titles with the Mavericks? I want to add to the question as they currently are. Um, because think about it, like with any team, like of course, especially Dallas is a big enough market and Luca's a big enough player where you could find a guy like Jalen Brown. I mean, I don't want to, I'm not endorsing that, but I I'm just saying you could, you could find guys going to the Mavericks and that would make them better and more uh, championship contenders. But I guess I'll just keep it as is. Can Luca win a title or multiple titles with the Mavericks? Uh, I think he can, maybe not like in the next two or three years or so, because I just think the West is so hard, but there are like aging players in the West, the Suns, Chris Paul is aging the Warriors. Like, yeah, we, we see their future being really good, but there's not going to be another Steph Curry. So I think that he can beat out the young Warriors that are coming up. I think he can beat out the young Grizzlies that are coming up. I think he could beat out even the young Timberwolves with that new addition. So I think he has a, a, the, the only big obstacle I could see was like a healthy Jamal Murray, Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. Like I can see that team being hard to beat because Michael Porter Jr. is a good defensive player or a good versatile guard, at least, that can guard Luka. So I think in the future, I think he'll win two to three titles, I would say, at least, on the Mavericks. I would think I would want him to add more players, at least like another star. Because as of right now, I think if you like the second best player would be maybe Dinwiddie or even Tim Hardaway Hardaway Jr. Jr. Yeah, so it's like they're – Good players, solid players, but um, I would like him to have like another um, kind of like star with him. He's only like what 24, 23, 23. Like he's so young and so, so good. he still has with his level, his play type, too. He has another 15 seasons, dude. Yeah, the way he exactly. Um, but I think, I think the Nuggets, the Pelicans, if they continue to develop, could cause them problems, and I do think the Timberwolves. Even though he does have Rudy Gobert's number, um, I do think they would be a tough, <laughs> tough team to beat. Um, and I just, I just the Mavericks the way I see him right now, um, they got to the Western Conference Finals, but I just don't see them winning a chip. Because then I even look on the East side, you know, Palmer. Questions for you: Do you think he beats the Milwaukee Bucks in the finals? That would be awesome to see. Just with, real quick, with Giannis with a, and Luka, with a second but, star, yes, I could see them beating. Um, then you have. You know, the Sixers, if they improve, do you think they beat the no, Sixers? Not the Sixers. Not, they, they'll beat the Sixers. I think they'd beat the Sixers. Do you think they beat the Celtics? With a second star, yes. Like, I think he has that star power to um, just carry teams. Um, but I'm even thinking of the East, and, like, East is tough. Um, I mean, just winning a championship is hard, unless you're LeBron or Steph Curry, which, you know, they've spoiled us. <laughs> or like, Bill Russell. It's, rest in peace. Oh, rest in peace. Um, it's so hard. Um, to tell, but my answer for the question is I'm going to say no, um, unless he gets, you know, more players or at least one other player. Cause I do love, um, Reggie Bullock and Finney Smith. Um, cause this great is a forward, great. Yeah. And this, and this is a forward league. 
Like you want athletic wings and forwards. So, um, yeah, but I am rooting for him. He is um, going to win an MVP um, in the next three seasons. That was another one of my predictions for that. So, if not um, obviously, season, he should win it. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, no shade towards Luca at all. It's just um, the Mavericks as a team. But, um, yeah, that is the show today. Um, pretty good show, Palmer. What do you think of it? Yeah, it was good. We um, we went over a lot of stuff. I enjoyed this one. We weren't as lively as we normally are, but it's just, you know. Maybe it's just a, lot a of good, Sunday. It's just a Sunday vibe, you know, just yeah. chill. And it's, yeah, it's the same. We summer. had some good takes, but there wasn't that much of uh, arguing and stuff, which is good. It's a Sunday show. Yeah, uh-huh. Sunday exactly. Show. Yeah, good. Yeah, good Sunday show. We got our opinions out there. Oh, yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, so. I agree, but I think this, yeah, just a good chill, chill podcast, but, um, just things to come, um, real quick, we did change the logo. So it is a bit more, I would say a bit more sleek, more professional logo for the podcast. Um, we do have some future things about the LIV golf tour and the PGA, um, kind of clashing and the, some drama with that, that we want to talk about. Um, hopefully we can see some free agent moves, you know, with Donovan Mitchell, um, Colin Sexton still being available, you know, um, Keep continue to see teams in the NFL, their summer camps do well. Um, yeah, so we got two more episodes coming out this upcoming week. This We're going to try and get Daxton on here. We should have Daxton on here. Brandon, we will see. Um, Brandon's a pretty busy guy. Pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty busy guy. But um, again, thank you everybody who's listening. We love oh, the cr- go also, for it. Also, um, like on Griffin has a TikTok and stuff of uh, Nope Dose Sports. So if there's anything you guys want us to talk about, put it in the comments or something. Oh or, yeah. Yeah. Like, so it's just, it. we'll do like eventually when, when we get more people, more listeners and stuff, we'll do like a mailbag kind of thing where you guys just yeah. shoot us questions and we answer on the spot. But like, if there's yes, any topics awesome. that you guys want us to talk about, let us know, like email us, text us, DM us, whatever you need to do to get a hold of us. And uh, we'll talk about them on the show. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like for the TikTok, uh, this past week, it was just one of my goals to make at least two to three every day. Um, and I think I did like 10 or something like that this past week. So I'm going to try and keep doing that, but yeah, it's just, it's just, nope, just sports, um, on TikTok. So go and follow and, and yeah, comment. I love to see uh, the comments and everybody, there were some people disagreeing with me having the Vikings and the Colts and the chargers win their divisions. Cause I had a video where I predicted that, um, like I shared my predictions. So I, I love that part of it. So yeah, definitely go, go follow that helps us out a ton. And, um, Yeah, thank you everybody who's been listening. This was episode nine of the Nope Just Sports podcast. Uh, We'll see you later.